0: Are we having this great rotation to value? The only store you can go into where shoppers run
1: out the front door when the product's on sale.
0: And no pun intended, but growth companies provide value to the economy.
1: Sounds like a lot of money. Right? Sound like a bell is what it sounds like.
0: I don't get it. Today's Wednesday, February 16, 2022, and this is The Bash. Welcome to The Bash, where we bring the analysts and the player to the table to discuss relevant financial and investment topics. Investors, you know the deal here. We got 60 seconds to discuss these topics. Scott, my man, analyst, make sure you stay within your time frame. Try my best. Let's get started. Scott, starting out 2022, volatility. A lot going on. Investors are concerned. What are you focusing on going into the second quarter? It's the
1: key word, Matt, volatility. It's back. Hasn't been around for a while. We haven't really seen it since the start of COVID. And volatility is back for a couple specific reasons. The Fed has clearly changed course. Late 2021, it communicated with everyone out there that tapering was going to begin. We haven't spoken about tapering now in a while because we've written it off as being done. Remember, that was 120 Billion dollars of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities that the Federal Reserve was purchasing every single month, which pretty much they've tapered away to nothing at the end of Q1 here in 2022. And now we're talking about Fed rate hikes. Fifteen months ago, we were told that we're not thinking about thinking about raising rates. (laughs) Today. We're pricing in anywhere between five and seven rate hikes, depending on which bank you're speaking to in 2022. How did those dots change by so much? You can't cut me off on that. This is the most important part. The other side of it. I didn't cut you off. well, well, then let us go back at some point to the geopolitical concerns that everyone is talking about in the news that is the headlines. It's the reason why oil spiked up so high. That's also moving markets. You have these two variables. We talk about a correction. We haven't had it in close to two years. And I have a minute to talk
0: about it. Sorry. These are the rules of the game. We agreed on this when we set this program up. So great points. I want to touch on growth and technology. And here's why. For the past 10 years, growth has skunked value big time. Growth ETF rose 18.4% annually versus 12.8% for value. Over the past five years, the contrast has been even starker, 22.6% versus 11.9%. So we're talking about rates going up, hearing inflation. What's happening with the NASDAQ in 2022, Scott? We've had our correction more than a 10% drop from its all-time high. Yeah, way more. And way when, more. probably way more. So I'm just starting with a correction. And when you watch the news, you hear rates may go up. Growth, technology, or are the areas that are getting hurt. Are we having this great rotation to value? This is what I keep hearing on the news. No. This is better for value. You say no, and I'm saying, I agree. I say endure. What would you have me do? Endure, Master Wayne. And why is this happening? So. Higher interest rates could lead to increased pressure on growth companies. And obviously we're seeing that, but I say endure. Growth companies, innovation, it's gonna help our economy grow and no pun intended, but growth companies provide value to the economy. One of the the best fights
1: against inflation are long-term growth. Those companies are growing sales so much higher than that higher rate of inflation. But you do have to deal with that volatility. There's no doubt about that. And you do have to have that barbell approach in place because we're in that mid-business cycle, hence the barbell, where you have cyclical exposure to energies and financials because right now those have done the best and those are protecting investors. That doesn't mean that you just abandon your long-term growth prospects because they're going through a correction. That's very normal, should be expected, and should be wanted for long-term investors. it, It is the only store you can go into where shoppers run out the front door when the product's on sale. Excellent, then you are in luck because we are having a limited time offer only on everything. I don't get it.
0: Perfect, well, now we know our program is two minutes long for each of our parts, which is great. We'll just keep bending the rules. I love it. Uh, What do you got, buddy? What's next? All right.
1: I want to talk about financial wellness. But I want to talk about it and I want you to be the one to answer. What does it mean to people? What should they be looking at? Whether they're an individual, a family, a business owner. So many times we get asked from our clients about where do they stand? against peers, society, business.
0: What do you think, what's your answer to that? How do you answer that to clients? Uh, Scott, this is what I live for, planning. And let's start with wellness. What do you do to improve your overall health? You may eat better. You may have a sleeping regimen that you're improving. Do you feel tired and have like no energy all the time? Um, You may have meditation improve your mind. You've got to have the right meditation skill. When we talk about financial wellness, isn't this your mind and your money? How do we improve this? And I say first goals, setting realistic goals and expectations. You can't just hope that you're going to have that second home or have a certain amount of investments 10 years from now. What can you do within the parameters of your income and your situation? So working on wellness, what are you doing proactive? I also call it the financial fog, not being educated about finances. People are stressed out when they don't know their overall finances and wellness is really getting an understanding, putting a plan together in my mind that can give realistic expectations, improve your overall stress level. Isn't that what we want to do? We want to feel good about what we're doing. And over time, let's cross off those achievements. That's I me. get, That's I get that.
1: Feel. I get that, man. And I, and I love it because I, I'm that type that is dealing in the numbers. So when you can have that qualitative or emotional side to it, That definitely has to be there for a client to have confidence in their plan. When we're working with clients also, uh, specifically retirees, we do have to have benchmarks or reference points to determine how successful or probabilities of success for their retirement plan. And I often turn to what is the distribution rate? How much money does a client need to withdraw from their investments, from their investable net worth? In order to sustain their lifestyle and pay their bills, what does that percentage look like? Is it 2% per year of assets, 3%, 4%? I have a benchmark where over 4.5%, it's very difficult to look at a sum of assets that will last in perpetuity forever if you're withdrawing more than that per year, especially in such a low rate environment. During different environments, that may change, but as of right now, that's a great benchmark that I think retirees should be looking at is how much is my distribution rate?
0: And Scott, I want to add, you said qualitative and you're in the quantitative side, but that financial workout, you talk about withdrawing. I'm talking also about while you're saving, I like to use 20% of gross income. This is not a number I picked out of the air. This is what I've seen through experience with clients. What's the best potential financial workout you can put together in saving in different investment buckets off of your income? And yes, you know, I love the planning and this was more on the qualitative side, but let's get back to the investment side, Scott. And I want to ask you a really question. This is our toss up segment over the next 10 years. What do you prefer as a strategy, active management or passive management?
1: That's a great question. It's asked often. Let's start by defining what both are. When you're looking at passive investing, you're looking at transparency, you're looking at simplicity. You're looking at efficiency. You're looking at a portfolio that allows a client to have market overlay, the exposure to the overall market without any person's opinions. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. By doing indexing, a client is able to participate in the overall markets in a very transparent form. The S&P 500 has those 500 companies. You buy those 500, that's easy to understand. It's simplistic. It's also efficient. Whereas a lot of managed mutual funds have capital gain distributions, which a lot of clients felt in 2021, and they'll be seeing shortly on 1099s. On the other side, indexing doesn't have that same exposure. So I believe that that simplicity, efficiency, and transparency is characteristic of passive, whereas active you're looking at areas of the market where modern portfolio theory isn't on the table. You don't have efficient markets because those asset classes are smaller, like emerging markets, international, small cap. So you're able to take a more active approach. You're able to maybe have some information inefficiencies that allows for active investing to have a better run record. Now, right now in the markets, We also have valuations different than 10 years ago when you could throw a dart at the S&P 500 and do very, very well with PEs low off
0: of the Great Recession. Scott, let me back you up with this article from Morningstar. According to a Morningstar report in 2021, over a 10-year period, only one in four managers of all active funds beat their passive counterparts. So when we think of active, potentially the fees could be higher. And you're also asking a manager to have better stock picking. But Scott, going to back to what you were saying, looking right now, I could throw a dart. Think of the period we're in now. Do you think active management maybe in the short term could be better as we've had a correction? And maybe it's you got to really do more deep diving into research and picking specific stocks or sectors.
1: I think specifically within uh, the income or fixed income side. Uh, there are active managers out there that have found a way to outperform their benchmark. Uh, that I've seen. Um, and, and you know, even on the equity side, from time to time, you see it, but you, you hit the nail on the head. You need to choose and be right in two fronts the timing of when to buy that manager and when to sell. We are going to have periods of time where active managers outperform in certain areas of the market, but over the long haul, what has been best is to be doing a passive core satellite approach where a client could be able to sleep at night, having the exposure to the markets, and then they have the ability to tilt towards exposures that they have desires to. I personally right now would like to tilt towards the cyclical parts of our economy, areas like financials areas like energy and materials. I think that that allows me to have a good barbell approach for clients that own long-term growth with technology representing such a large area of the S and P that's obviously the biggest exposure for clients.
0: So I heard barbell, I heard sleep. These are things improve workouts. So I guess we're going back to the wellness. This is peaceful and calm. Sounds good to me.
1: Sleep Actually, potion is very important. I, I would agree. Awesome. Matt, yeah. l- You know what time it is, right? Uh, I love this time. We got an email from Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania.
0: Awesome, awesome, can't wait.
1: We have a retiree who's living off of his assets. He emailed with a concern and he said, Scott, there's a lot of rhetoric constantly out of Washington, no matter what the year is or who's in the White House. I'm concerned, I'm concerned over estate planning and taxes and my family. Should I be reaching out or speaking with an attorney that you recommend?
0: How do you answer that? How about I'm concerned that have you seen an estate planning attorney in the last five years? So if you're worried about taxes, I see one of the biggest mistakes that clients make is they haven't spoken to their estate attorney in the last three, four, five years. A lot of things happen in your life. Have you updated your last will and testament, your living will, your power of attorney? You've worked hard your whole life. And you're going to leave it to chance. You're going to put it in the court to make decisions about, God forbid you pass away, or if you are incapacitated and can't make decisions, you don't have your power of attorney updated or living will. So just to answer that for a retiree, look at your basic estate documents first and make sure they are up to date. Now we go into taxes and Yes, talking to a state attorney is the ownership of your different assets that could be affected with probate and estate planning, Scott, where I think you're going to go into a lot more detail in the numbers. But my opinion, they're going to be raising taxes in different areas, probably estate taxes as well with the deficit that the government has. So absolutely, this is a time to be talking to an estate attorney. What do you think?
1: It's a hot topic. And everyone should be speaking to an attorney if they feel that this is a concern of theirs. Regardless of what their financial planning status is at that moment, if it's a concern, you want to be speaking with an attorney uh, regarding around protection while you're alive of your assets and your family and your children. But then the tax portion for a lot of our retirees that are thinking about, well, I have enough money to live off of i don't want that money to go to the irs over my family so what do i do well so everyone knows in 2022 you can gift you and a spouse can each gift sixteen thousand dollars to a child or anyone um tax-free as as the annual uh deductible uh, gift that you can give and that's great but that doesn't solve uh, the problem for a lot of high net worth individuals and families, and in 2022, the unified credit went up to 12 million sixty thousand dollars. Sounds like a lot of money, and sound the like bell doesn't bar. allow us to answer the question. Sound like
0: a bell? Is what it sounds like. It sounds like yeah. a bell,
1: but the yeah, problem is that 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 may be a lot of money today, but when somebody passes, it may not be. And being able to set up the right distribution strategy, which is the transfer of wealth from one generation to the next, that must be done with a very efficient and effective plan. And if you're concerned about it, you need to speak with an attorney, bring it up with us in a meeting so that we could begin the discussion and help guide that path for you.
0: Scott, this was impressive. I, I thought that was actually sound like a speech. So excellent. I mean, we covered a lot of ground today in a short period of time. Volatility, the stock market, estate planning. I'm going to go work out now after we had that wellness conversation.
1: Markets are open here. We got to get back to it. You're going to go to the GM. That, that's great. Enjoy your time. The markets Thanks. are open, right? I'll tell the New York Stock Exchange to pause the open if you want to go get a Peloton ride in. Because I got a little work to do here. What would you you like to do?
0: I do it at the end of the day. So we're going to lock that up. And what I want to say to everyone here, our investors, don't forget, stay focused, stay disciplined, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Bash.
1: Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee for future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this material may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax or legal advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified tax or legal advisor.